Another week, another EYC Q&A podcast. Welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about priests and Jesus Christ as the one true mediator and everything in between. So welcome, sit back, and enjoy the conversation. This week's question comes from an anonymous submitter, and it is, why do we need middlemen, meaning priests, bishops, etc., to reach God? Does that mean we can't truly control our faith? This is a great question to kind of springboard us into this idea of mediation and the priesthood in general. So let's first talk about this idea of the question calls it middlemen. Another word you'll sometimes hear for this is mediator. You know, why do we need mediators to reach God? Someone who mediates steps in or between or intervenes between two parties. So when sometimes um, you'll hear people object to the idea of the priesthood, they complain about mediators being unnecessary for us to reach God. So before we get to the spiritual component of this, or the church component, sit down and just think about mediators in general. Every single person relies on various kinds of mediation, not just for their faith, but for their entire life. If you're a student, your teachers in school are mediating the knowledge to you, making it more accessible, for example. If you write a letter and you want to mail it to someone, you rely on a postman to take that letter. You wrote the letter, and it's intended for that other person, but you have some kind of mediation to make sure that letter gets from you to the person you wrote it to. When you were being raised, your parents were you know, basically mediators between you and the rest of the world. And it's because we are inherently social creatures as humans, you know, we exist in interaction with each other that we rely on all sorts of mediation throughout our life. It's it's how we grow and mature. And so this idea of mediator in Christianity is not just restricted to the priesthood, even though that's where we most often hear it. So Let's look a little broadly about the many instances of this idea of mediation in Christianity. And before we do that, I want to be a little clear here, and we'll, we'll clarify this even more later, but when we speak of a mediator between us and God, it is true that there is only one mediator. 1 Timothy 2, 5-6 through 6 says, For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Although we might speak about how priests mediate things, we are using the same word, yes, but the mediation that priests do is really a participation in the one true mediation of Jesus. We also see in Hebrews 9.15, it says, For this reason he, Jesus, is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Christ is our one and only mediator to the Father. It is through his sacrifice that we are saved, and it is his sacrifice on the cross that we are able to offer to the Father during the Eucharist. We offer his sacrifice to the Father. So when we speak of all these other kinds of mediation, I am using the same word because that's the word we know in our language, but it is true, yes, keep in mind that the one true mediator between us and God The Father is Jesus Christ. Okay, moving on. So the concept of mediation was not, you know, invented with Jesus. 
even though he's the best example of it. There's numerous examples in the Old Testament of mediators between God and humanity. So let's start there. The Old Testament priesthood, for example, was very explicit in describing this mediation. And the the most extreme example of it is when the high priest was the only person who was allowed to enter the Holy of Holies, and they only did it in the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies. They only did it on one day, the Day of Atonement. And in in that ritual, the priest was acting as the mediator between the Israelites and God. And it was very explicit that he was the only one who was allowed in that room. He was, you know, mediating God and and man. And, you know, we get all these examples of the priesthood. Moses' father-in-law was a priest who mediated for his people. And you actually get this interesting description as Israel itself was described by God as a priestly kingdom and a holy nation because they were supposed to mediate the promise of God to all the other nations. So you have, you know... Um, the the singular priests, the specific people who were supposed to mediate the word of God to the rest of the people through the sacrifices. And then you also have Israel acting as a priest because Israel was supposed to be mediating the promises of God to all the other nations. So you get this theme all the time. But it wasn't just the priests who were described as mediators, though. You had prophets and messengers of God mediating between God and the people. Moses gets this description very clearly. He relays instructions in the Word of God back to the people, most notably when he goes up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. Then he comes back down and and relays that information back to the people. So all the prophets, Elijah, Isaiah, they mediated warnings, encouragements, instructions, and commandments from God. And so the Old Testament had numerous examples of mediators, And when we look at the Old Testament priests, they had a specific type of mediation that was centered around the sacrificial system. And the the transition period is we see John the Baptist acting as a mediator. People are going to him to be baptized. And he is, you know, spreading um, what what we now understand as the one true baptism of Jesus. He is making that present to all the other people. So the real question is this. The mediation is clear in the Old Testament. So does Jesus Christ abolish all these other types of mediation with his death on the cross? Because it's clear in the Old Testament. Does it remain clear in the New Testament? The answer is yes. Let me explain. When Jesus is declared to be the sole mediator between us and the Father, it is 100% absolutely true. But how does the power of Christ's life, death, and resurrection spread? How do we participate in the resurrection? Well, we participate by various ways of mediation. Remember that verse about the Israelites being called a royal priesthood to the other nations? That same link becomes our description as Christians in 1 Peter. So now the church, the Christians are described as the royal priesthood because Each of us has been given a task of mediation to make known Christ's power among all people. And just like this did not mean that the priests of the Old Testament were obsolete, it also does not mean that we have no use of priests today. The mediation done by priests today is not of their own power or ability. They are not, you know, conjuring up their own power. When a priest celebrates Mass, he's not the one making the elements become the body and blood. He is standing in the place of Jesus. Jesus is doing all the work. 
It is the power of Jesus and the power of his sacrifice that's being made present. But it's through the work of the priest that's standing up there. All he's doing is standing in the place of Christ, making present what Christ has already done. Christ is always the one true mediator. And there are ways in which we all participate in that. For the priests, it is through the sacraments. They have been chosen, they have been singled out to stand in the place of Christ and to offer those sacrifices and to participate in the priesthood of Jesus. So within the church, God has chosen to make known the power of Christ through these physical material signs that communicate the grace better to us than simply you know, sitting in an empty room trying to imagine things in our mind. The sacraments are ways that we can touch and taste and smell and hear the power of Christ, and that comes through the work of the priesthood. So here might be an easier way to think about it. Remember that Jesus Christ is also a priest. The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross fulfilled the Old Testament sacrifices because it was perfect in two ways that the Old Testament sacrifices were not. In this perfect sacrifice, the thing being sacrificed was perfect, and the priest offering the sacrifice was perfect. Unlike the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament, where the priest was still human, so he was still imperfect, and the animals were, were clean, but not perfect. In the sacrifice of Jesus, those are corrected. Jesus himself is the perfect priest, offering his own perfect life to the Father. So really, you can say that there's only one true mediator and there is only one true priest. And so all the other forms of mediation and all the other examples of the priesthood are simply participation in the one true priesthood of Jesus. So yes, we are all called to mediate in some way as Christians, and some are called to participate specifically in the priesthood of Jesus by mediating and offering the sacrifice of the Eucharist, for example. The church needs these priests. Without the priesthood, the church does not exist. The priesthood is part of the body of Christ that is the church. So why do we have priests who we describe as mediating? Because just like the Old Testament priests, they have been chosen to mediate and offer sacrifices. They've been chosen to join themselves with the priesthood of Jesus for our sake. Now, the last bit of this question, does this mean that we don't control our faith? I think there's two ways to address this. The first is that your faith is always personal. Your faith in Jesus Christ will always be a personal decision that you make. This is why confirmation exists, for you to take hold of your faith as your own. You're always in control of your faith because it's always personal. And this is always the challenge for us. Your mom can't go to Mass for you. You have to go yourself. It is your responsibility to make your faith your own, especially as you get older. And the second way to respond to this is by acknowledging that Christianity is not one person's opinion. So your faith you do have control of, and it's a personal thing. But Christianity is not just my opinion. It's not just your opinion. It's not just Father Steve's opinion. It's the religion established by Jesus Christ that we follow. So, for example, just because I might decide one day, I don't like the, the virgin birth. I don't like that idea. That doesn't make it false. 
I may choose not to believe in it because my faith is personal to me, but that does not mean Christianity no longer holds fast to the truth of the virgin birth. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. The teachings of the church come from the Bible. They've been around for thousands of years. And so in our specific context, this means that Father Steve is not in control of Christianity, even though he's our priest. He's not the one, you know, holding all the holding all the power. He's not making things up as he goes along. What he's doing is teaching the same things that the church has taught for thousands of years. Nobody is really in control of Christianity in the sense that nobody owns it. Christianity and the church are true not because the person in control of it has all the power, but because they find their source in Jesus, in God, who is the source of truth itself. So in a sense, you always control your own faith because you always make decisions and conscious, intentional actions about it. But you don't control the church or you don't control Christianity. Hopefully this has given you some more clarity about what people mean when they say that the priest is a mediator and how it really means that the priest participates in the work of Jesus Christ in a specific way. And, you know, this is a, a brief introduction to this, and it's something that a lot of people continuously talk about. So if you have any more questions about this, please reach out and contact me. I, I put my email in the episode notes. Um, as well as a link to ask your own questions for future episodes. But this this topic of the priesthood and the mediation and how we are called to the ministry of reconciliation through our baptism, every single one of us in the priesthood has a very specific role in participating in the priesthood of Jesus. This is a very important topic, and it's something that's important for, for you to understand as as part of the church, as part of the body of Christ. So please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any more questions about this. But as always, thank you for your wonderful questions. I always enjoy answering them, and I appreciate your sincerity um, to learn more about our faith. It will, it will do good in the long haul for you to keep asking these questions. That's how you grow, and that's how you learn. So have a great rest of your weekend, and I will see you next week.